Welcome to the Perimenopause Power Podcast. We are Lisa and Natalie, two certified holistic health coaches passionate about helping women embrace their physiology to elevate their highest potential for confidence, health and energy. Perimenopause will be unique to you and each episode gives you the power in knowing that you can define your own journey. Let's get into today's episode. Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Perimenopause Power. Nat, how are you? I am super today, Lise. Excellent to hear. The sun's shining. It's still a bit cool in Melbourne, but I love it when the sun's out. So I'm very excited today. A few weeks back, we spoke about some symptoms and one of those was around weight gain and it certainly piqued everyone's interest. We had a lot of downloads on that. So I just thought maybe today we could talk about some menopause-friendly foods around what supports you just in relation to keeping a healthy, happy weight and also supporting some of the other symptoms that you may be experiencing in menopause, such as hot flushes or night sweats or uh, vaginal dryness or mood swings. And, there's, and, you, and we all know that there are so many more symptoms as well. And I just thought maybe we might talk about some blood sugar levels as well, because this is something that a lot of people don't really understand or don't really have a bit of learning around. So in menopause and perimenopause, we want to be able to regulate our blood sugar levels. And you and I know, Nat, that, you know, just on a general day that if we haven't eaten well or, you know, we've gone a little bit while in between, we can really feel that blood sugar, you know, peak and um, dive right down. And it's not the greatest feeling, is it? It's not. You feel very sluggish and just lacking a lot of energy, actually. Absolutely. And look, there is some research that talks about hot flushes being caused by a sudden drop in blood sugar levels. And this really piques my interest because it talks about when blood sugar levels drop that the body releases hormones that tries to raise, you know, raise, uh, raise them back up, which is things like our insulin. And this can cause the body to also heat up, which can cause uh, lead to a hot flush. And I don't think many people would make that connection around that regulation of blood sugar levels and, you know, how they can actually manage it through um, the food they're putting into their body. So there is a lot of discussion around eating regular meals and snacks through the day to be able to help with that blood sugar balance. Uh, And of course, the kind of quality foods that you're um, putting into your body. So, you know, good quality proteins some healthy fats, beautiful complex carbohydrates. And of course, you want these foods to be high in fiber and low in sugar, especially processed sugar, sugar from fruits, fantastic. Um, you know, there's no issue there because you're getting so many vitamins and minerals from, from the fruit and probably avoiding some processed foods and sugary drinks. And the reason there is that we tend to have some really not so great ingredients that could contribute to some of those hot flushes. And as we've mentioned in previous posts around exercising regularly and also getting some sleep and they all add to it. So it's a bit of a, a cumulative effect um, around that. When we look at, so that's some of the ideas around it for, with your blood sugar control and some of the foods that we could be looking at are foods that can be high in phytoestrogens. And there's been a little bit of, you know, a lot of, not a little bit, quite a lot of focus on these foods in the past. And we're talking about things like some organic soy products, um, like tempeh, organic tofu, some miso soup, black seeds and legumes. There is research out there that is showing us that it could help reduce hot flushes or flushes and 
what's important here is that doesn't work for everyone. So it is a very individual thing. And whilst we may see some research that says it doesn't really have an effect at all, I think it's a very individualized process. And we know that Dr. Marion Stewart, who we've had on our podcast, really uses phytoestrogens in her programs in relation to uh, being able to help with those menopausal symptoms. So it's just a putting it out there, you know, it's a great one for um, our listeners to try and see how that goes in relation to helping with, with their symptoms. So some other foods. Have I lost you, Nat? Uh, yeah, Nat, you're still there? I'm still here and I'm listening listening very intently, Lise. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. So uh, you and I are big believers in um, making sure that we include some magnesium into our diets and I generally have magnesium of a night time and it, it really does help with the restful slumber. But it's also important for other uh, bodily functions, including mood regulations. And we all know that our mood can take a bit of um, a beating through perimenopause and menopause. And there are studies to show that women who are deficient in magnesium can be more likely to experience hot flushes, changes in their mood, or other menopausal symptoms that you know we've spoken about a number of times on the podcast. So what are some really good sources of magnesium? Well, easy, 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 all the stuff that I love, dark leafy greens, nuts and seeds. In fact, I'm really loving cashews at the moment. And so I'm really enjoying those, some nice whole grains and bananas. And I think bananas have got a really bad rap in years gone by, but bananas are also a really great source of resistant starch, which which means that you wanna eat the banana sort of just at that sort of in that green stage as they're turning to yellow and they are fantastic for feeding your gut microbiome that gut bacteria that is really you know gut health is really really important in this phase of our life so that's just some foods but i thought maybe it might be an opportune time to also remind our listeners the importance of drinking plenty of fluids and I have to say, Nat, you are so much better at drinking lots of water through the day than I am. It's a real work in progress for me. And I recently got a new water bottle that's got a straw and I just seem to be drinking more water. So can I put it out there that maybe it's the water bottle, not you, that could be um, limiting your uh, ability to drink um, more water through the day. I- I'm using that one. You got any? Have you got any uh, tips, Nat? Yeah, look, I think having your water bottle next to you, particularly if you're at work, when I'm at home, I mean, I I do have my water bottle, but I actually really love drinking out of a glass. So I'll tend to fill up my glass and be conscious of how many glasses I might have across the day. Uh, But it, it really is just making it accessible, right? Like trying to remove that that need to constantly get up and go and get a drink of water because let's be honest it's easier not to do it but you really do have to try and force that in because we tend to only really drink when we're thirsty and I often have this conversation with my eight-year-old around you know drinking water particularly first thing in the morning before she's going to play basketball or soccer she's really bad at not drinking too much water and I often say to her you need to have good amount of water in the morning because that helps with your energy throughout your sporting activity as well. So it's funny, you know, we sort of have to get out of that conditioning that we only drink when we're thirsty. You know, Mm. when we're thirsty, that means we're actually dehydrated or coming into dehydration. So we need to keep that hydration up and and water is so vitally important. But just finding habits and and having it accessible to you that makes it easy for you to grab and drink, drink that water. I know some people even set timers on their phone as well. Do you know what? I used to do that and that's when I was the most successful. I think sometimes you just get so caught up 
in stuff that we're doing. And and then before you know it, you think, God, it's been an hour since I've had a, a decent drink of water. And, you know, I always try and think of the analogy, you know, we we drink through the day, we go to bed, and we wake up in the morning. I don't know about you, but you have this long way in the morning, first thing they get up and you think, well, I need to be replenishing that. So, you know, it's that it's a real cycle, isn't it? And your body can't make the hydration. You've got to help it, you know, along the lines of, you know, some of our vitamin, vitamins and minerals that the body doesn't make either. So really, really important to try and do that. And you know what? If, if an app on your phone works and you're getting more, you know, 500 more meals into your day in water, fantastic as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just wanted to add too, you know, we, I think we're, our body is 70% water. Yes. So when we're, when we're sweating and uh, weeing it out or um, anything else, we're actually losing that, that water. So we need to replenish it. And, you know, that, that's always a really great reminder to me when you think about the fact that we are such a high percentage of water that we, we have to replenish it. Absolutely. And if you're, if you're someone who is suffering from night sweats, I think, you know, you think about what you're perspiring out. So it's another good reason to obviously keep your water intake up through the day as well, and also to replenish it from the night before. So something to really keep in mind. The, the last one I just wanted to touch on, and I did touch on this in, in the bone health podcast that we spoke about was vitamin D and just making sure that's really important for your bone health and making sure you're getting some great sources of it through things like fatty fish and through sunlight. Eggs are another great option there too. And I think, you know, don't see these foods in just that sole element from vitamin D. They really support you with your blood sugar control, with your weight management, with your energy level. So, you know, if you're having a food for something in particular, also know that it's also helping you for a, a number of other things that you should be looking at in your diet at the same time. Mm, very true. And you just cannot underestimate the benefit of the sun as well. And again, I know I've shared, and it might have been that same episode around taking 10 minutes to just get some naked skin in the sun, particularly in the morning. Um, mm. And particularly if you're in a, an area that, you know, during winter where there's not a lot of sun, I know when I have a moment and I see the sun shining, I get outside and lift up my sleeves and, and sit out in the sun or even lift up my top and get sun, some sun to my belly as well. Just, you know, you just can't underestimate the power and benefit of the sun. And, and that's the natural environment in which, which we live, right? That, in which um, we've evolved as well. That's it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I know I, I share your sentiments. Um, we just had a week away a few weeks ago and headed up north and got some sun and, you know, practice some responsible sun sun worshipping, I will say. And it was just the best, best thing, just getting that amount of sunlight onto my skin. It's like my skin thought, oh, this is so good. It's It was just, it's hard to explain, probably sounds a bit woo-woo, but it is lovely. Loved mm, it. No, it is. We, we, we need it. Yeah, we, we yeah. need the sun. So that's great, Lise. Did you have any more nutrients? Look, you know, I think the things I wanted to cut off, uh, uh, cover off were the phytoestrogen and our magnesium foods. You know, magnesium is one of the nutrients that we are the most efficient in across the board, males, you know, males and females, making sure we're getting that hydration most definitely and have a real concentration on your blood sugar levels. So make sure that they are balanced. You know, there was a study published in the journal Menopause in 2020 that found Women who followed a low um, a low GI diet for 12 we weeks experienced a significant reduction in hot flushes compared to women who followed a high GI diet. So the low GI diet was one, you know, that was low in processed foods, high in fruit and vegetables, 
and whole grains, whereas the high GI was more highly processed and sugary drinks. So that in itself, um, and you'll find there's other studies around the same thing, that in itself is a really good reason to maybe think about just putting, you know, changing out, swapping out some foods in your diet if you feel that you're not really um, capturing those, you know, those 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 foods that are better for you in the diet than what you may currently be eating, if that's the case. Mm, yeah, very true. And you, and you touched on a great point that it's it's about looking at some of those smaller things that you can do. So definitely not suggesting that you flip everything upside down uh, in the first instance, but just pick one. And I know I've heard you say very often, least with clients, that if there's one thing you can do, perhaps in the first instance, it's drinking more water. That that's yeah. a, a massive game changer in in supporting yourself, and then and then exploring and just playing with some of the other things. But it's, it's about you know starting small and and finding that way to connect with yourself and really feel what you're experiencing and the changes that you're feeling as well. And and being curious and open minded, I think they're you know powerful uh, skills that we uh, need to need to nurture and use. We're certainly doing that. Well, I hope everyone found that really useful and interesting. As always, feel free to leave us a comment or a review in our com in our yeah in our comments, and uh, we love hearing from you. And if there's anything in particular that you'd love us to cover from a, a lifestyle therapies uh, point of view as it pertains to to women's health and perimenopause and menopause, please do let us know. We reach out. Thanks, Lise. As always, always a wealth of knowledge. Thanks, Nat. See you next time. Thanks again for sharing your time with us, learning how you can be your best energetic self no matter what life stage you are going through. Be sure to contact us if any of this content resonates with you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. See you next time.